Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Yankees Magazine podcast. I'm Hillary Georgie, and with me today is Nathan Akaborski. Hello, everybody. And John Schwartz. Hey there. How's it going, guys? Good. Our first uh, November podcast for this season. Yeah, so. yep, it is November. We are into the off-season for real now. Shame the that the, is over. Shame that the World Series ended without a winner of any kind. I know. That's really sad. I hate it when that happens. Mm. Yep, but if on. it can't be the Yankees, then it should be no one. So... <laughs> I guess it makes sense. Well, but still still plenty of Yankees news and stuff to talk about. Yeah. Brett Gardner's coming back, it sounds like. So yeah. I was happy to hear that. And uh, yeah, there'll be some uh, award winners announced here soon in the coming next up soon. couple of weeks. Yep. We got Brett Gardner, like you said, is and has been one of the leaders in the clubhouse for a long time. And he's led a lot of the young guys, like some of the rookies that you wrote about in the October issue of Yankees Magazine. Nate, you did... A really cool, I thought, feature where you kind of went through some of like the top 10 rookie years in Yankees history. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a lot of research went into this one. <laughs> um, originally, that was my thought. I was going to try and rank sort of the top 10 rookie mm-hmm. seasons in Yankees history. But I realized that's just an impossible kind of <laughs> <laughs> job, <laughs> like comparing... Uh, you know, Russ Ford, who won 26 games in 1910 to like Dylan Betances in 2014. It's just, it's it's not even apples and oranges. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just impossible. It's literally so, like two different worlds. Yeah, so. it, it really is. So um, what I decided to do was approach it from the time that they started giving away the Rookie of the Year award mm-hmm. um, back in 1947, um, which kind of gave me an opportunity to, to get Jackie Robinson's name in there, which is always a good thing. But um you know, talking about just going through year by year and looking at each Yankees team and who the rookies were on those teams and, and who the, the major contributors were um, and just trying to kind of, you know, sprinkle in as many fun little facts and nuggets that I could. And, you know, I think people who read it will hopefully learn something. And, and you know, it's kind of like I feel sort of a duty to, to keep the, uh, the stories alive of some of these guys. I mean, you know, how often do we get to talk about Spec Shea anymore yeah. in Yankees Magazine? Give us, or... give us some of the names who, who made an appearance, Spec Shea being one of them. Yeah, so, you know, 47, I was thinking that it was going to be Yogi, because um, him and Jackie Robinson were both rookies that year. Um, and I know that Yogi hit the first pinch hit home run in mm-hmm. World Series history that year. It's interesting how, how Yogi and, and Jackie are always kind of intertwined. So before the 47 season, they faced each other in the International League playoffs in 46 with That's Robinson really cool. ousting Yogi. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, they're always people immediately go to that play of, you know, Jackie getting yep. thrown out at home in in, in 55 or not getting, at home. <laughs> not getting thrown out at home. Um, but Jackie's final appearance in a major league uniform was ending the 1956 World Series. Mm-hmm. And he, he struck out and the ball got away from Yogi and Yogi threw down to first and, and got him out to end that one. So they're, they're, their stories are intertwined starting with their rookie years in 47. But looking at that team, Spec Shea was actually the best rookie on that team. So in 47, Spec Shea was, was actually the guy. He, um, he started off unbelievably. He started off 11-2 and two and made it to Wrigley Field and actually became the first rookie to win an All-Star game, which I thought was kind of cool. And then in the World Series, Bucky Harris was the Yankees manager that year, and he tabbed the, this rookie to start game one, which he Spec Shea won. 
Then uh, he started game five through a complete game shutout. And then after the Yanks lost game six, he brought Shea back on one day rest to start game seven. Yeah, <laughs> and, a pitcher in the World Series on one day rest. We haven't seen that in a yeah. long time. <laughs> Um, so Shea didn't last long in that game, but the Yankees won and they beat the Dodgers. And, uh, you know, that was pretty good, pretty good start yeah, to a, a bad, career. Not a bad season. <laughs> it's interesting to me because, you know, you go back to Spec Shea, who I'll fully admit until I edited your story, I had never heard of. Um, Ditto. <laughs> you know, like we, we've had the opportunity in the last two years to see a couple of incredible rookie seasons. And a lot of times when this is happening, the natural thing that you're seeing is people comparing it to Joe DiMaggio or things like that. You know, Miguel Andujar uh, and the most XYZ since, you know, Joe DiMaggio mm-hmm. or anyone else like this. Um so I'm curious, you know, guys like Spec Shea, it's something I've wondered for a long time. When you were researching the story, what did you find was the connection between these great rookie years, maybe, and greatness down the road? Mm. Well, it didn't always portend a great career ahead, but more often than not, it did. And also, I think what I found, and maybe it's not surprising, is that the team success, when you look at you know, the eras where that you might call a dynasty or when the Yankees were, you know, they had these periods of time when they were always in the World Series or in the mix. The rookies really were a big part of that in just kind of keeping the momentum going and, and you know, fortifying the roster. And that, that whole run in the, in the from the late 40s into the 50s, Casey Stengel was always kind of like working in the new guys every year, whether it was a, a, a platoon situation or, um, you know, he, he made some calls that, you know, might have been, I'm sure dissected and if, uh, you know, sports talk radio were around back Mm -hmm. then, um, you know, might be plugging in a guy to either start it on opening day or or a World Series game where he would put in a rookie over a veteran. And um, these young guys, they they provide a boost. You know, they they sure can uh, take a team to, to the next level. It's so funny to me, though, because the way things are right now, when a rookie comes up, the fans are ready for this guy, and mm-hmm. they know everything about him. And I think often to the player's detriment, it's kind of like the backup quarterback, where the guy holding the clipboard is obviously going to be great, and you forget that you know he's moving up from AAA. He's probably not the best option at the moment. I would love to know, and I, I don't think it's necessarily possible to find out at this point, but... I would love to know what it was like when, you know, these rookies came up back then. You know, obviously some of them were the bonus babies who, you know, had their Mm -hmm. own baggage they had to carry in terms of the reaction in the clubhouse and the fact that they were just going to be there regardless. You might as well play them. But did anybody know who Spec Shea was before this (laughs) happened? Like, I I, I have no idea. Yeah, I I don't know either. I mean, I learned that he had been... uh injured in World War II. And so uh, I think the fact that he was a rookie in 47, you know, that must have happened obviously a few years before then. Um, So I I don't think he was very highly regarded. But yeah, I mean, it's certainly a lot different now when, you know, there's all these prospect watches and rankings and everything else. And uh, I mean, look, we're right there. We're part of it as well. Absolutely. Not to mention Instagram and social media. We knew what Glaber Good was before Glaber even had (laughs) an at-bat in like triple A. But, you know, I think one thing that does kind of carry through is that there's always that feeling of like there's there's somebody behind you coming to take your job. So I think it it's always pushed the veterans to to an extent to, to kind of have that in the back of their mind that like, hey, the Yankees especially, like if you're not going to get the job done, they're going to find somebody else who can. And with the rookies as well, you know, they want to come up and they want to contribute. And the young guys on the team this year, that was 
you know, when we talked to Glaber back in April, you know, we asked him, what's your goal for this season? And he didn't beat around the bush. He said, my goal is to help this team win World Series number 28. So uh, there, there's sort of a, uh, a mindset that I think has prevailed over the years. Not to uh, have any spoilers or anything, but Glaber and another rookie, Miguel Andujar, made an appearance in this feature that you wrote. Who else was in here, Nate? Who who surprised you other than Spec Shea? Absolutely. surprised well, everybody. You know, I, not that it was a, a surprise that he was on there, but I think that because Dylan Betances is still here and we're, we still watch him every yeah. day and, and, you know, we're kind of caught up in like how he's doing now, I'd kind of, I don't want to say forgotten, but I guess I never really had put it in context or put his rookie season up against other Yankees rookies rookie pitchers and it was unbelievable what he did in 2014 I mean he broke Mariano Rivera's franchise record for strikeouts by a reliever he had a uh, you know set an American League record for hits per nine innings no Yankees rookie pitcher ever had a lower ERA he had a 140 ERA that year and 130 strikeouts wow so I guess I was just kind of taken aback and, and reminded of how, how dominant he was that year. Um, and I, I learned that him and Tanaka, because Tanaka was also a rookie that year, yep. Masahiro Tanaka and Batances that year became the first teammates from any pitching staff to be named All-Stars as rookies. Oh, wow. So, so no other team had sent two rookie pitchers to the All-Star game before 2014. Yeah. It's hard to believe. Yeah, right? Um, and Dylan's been there a few times since then, too. He, yeah, that's, that started a nice run for him, four straight years. But yeah, I mean, the guys on this year's team, that really was the impetus for this story. Aaron Judge obviously won the Rookie of the Year award in 2017. And I mean, he produced the greatest rookie season of any Yankees player ever. And yeah. it's really Possibly wasn't even any close. human ever. Yeah, I mean, he had, you know, it was one of the greatest season's period by a right-handed batter in Mm -hmm. Yankees history. Only A-Rod hit more home runs from the right side. So regardless of rookie status, I mean, it was just an incredible season all around. And then, as you alluded to earlier, John, you know, all season long, whenever Glaber or Andujar would do something, we would, you know, see these little notes in the game notes about they were the first rookie to do it ever or the first rookie since whenever to do this. So that was really kind of the uh, driving force behind wanting to do this story and take a look back and so there's there's been nine rookie of the year award winners in Yankees history judge was the most recent mm-hmm. uh, there's never been back-to-back rookie of the year award winners for the Yankees so if one of our guys gets it uh, in the next couple of weeks here that that would be a first which would be pretty cool add it to the game notes yep all right <laughs> I'll tell you one thing I loved about this you know it, it's so natural when you're caught up in the 162 games of the season to think that what you're watching right now is the present and is you know somehow lesser than what you you know see in the game notes or in the you know the, the books about what happened before so this is the 71 years whatever since 1947 when he started this so 71 years from now Aaron Judge's 2017 is going to be up there, like you said, with the greatest seasons ever. Like that's not just something that's like happening now. Right. Whereas you know ba- things that happened when Babe Ruth were playing, where you know that was real history. Like this is history that we're watching. Look, there was less hype this year. There was less majesty in some ways of what Andujar and Torres were doing than what Judge did last year. But I mean, these numbers and these things that they did, these are going to stand up. It's cliche, and I apologize for saying it. I'm cringing, but you know this is the type of thing. You know, yeah, I did watch Aaron Judge's. Rec- 
rookie season. You know, I did. I do remember that. I did, I was there when Miguel Andujar hit you know 977 doubles in his rookie year. <laughs> yeah, you know, there was only one rookie in Yankees history, going back even pre 1947, who had recorded 25 doubles and 25 homers as a rookie, and that was Joe D back in 1936 until this year when Andujar did it he got to uh 27 homers and he broke the ro- the doubles record for a Yankees rookie I think he ended with uh what 40 47 <laughs> every hit was a double there were, there were only doubles yeah it was a it was a special year it's been a special couple years for Yankees rookies and just in general it's been yeah. really fun to watch the young guys come up and it's fun to look back in history to see what they did way back when or even in recent history like you were talking about with Batances and you know guys like Mo and Jeter and yeah and you Williams know, they all kind of get mentioned here Pettit Hideki Natsui they're passing mentions some of them passing mentions some of them get get their own full write-up yeah and and as we kind of touched on a little bit earlier talking about how having impact rookies correlates to team success like Dave Rigetti won the Rookie of the Year award in 1981. And then we didn't have another Rookie of the Year award winner until 1996. (laughs) And so, you know, when the team was kind of more reliant on bringing in free agents and veteran players and stuff, it just happened to coincide with some bad years. Some bad years. And, you know, <laughs> there, was, there was sort of a dearth of, of those impact rookie players. Um, you know, you had your here and there, you know, Brian Fisher in 1985 and Kevin Moss when he kind of burst onto the scene in 1990. But then Pettit and Moe both make their debuts in 95. And Jeter in 96 and carries all the way through. I mean, there was, you know, a lot of impact rookies in during that whole stretch there. You know, I mentioned even guys like El Duque, even though he was 32 years old. When, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he was still a rookie. And, you know, Alfonso Soriano kept things going. Matsui in 03. Unbelievable year. Uh, was the starting center fielder in the All-Star game that year, which I had forgotten about. Yeah, yeah I didn't uh, know that either. As a rookie, but ended up finishing second to Angel Barrella in the rookie of the year voting. One of the weirder. Uh, <laughs> well, Nate, awesome story. I think it's uh, it was really fun just look back. I really, as much as I enjoyed this one, I'm really looking forward to the uh, 10 worst rookie seasons in Yankees history, <laughs> uh, <laughs> which we'll be doing on April 1st next year. So well, be ready for that. Uh, I'm, I got my fingers crossed that uh, the, the voters agree with me that Andujar is worthy of this year's Rookie of the Year award, or, or Glaber, if they want to give it to him, that's fine too. Uh, but both those guys just had, you know, outstanding rookie seasons. They're obviously, when you think about 2019 and, and what are we going to be excited to see, you know, the day spring training starts, I mean, there's going to be a lot of eyes on those two kids because they were just so awesome this year. So, And the thing is, I mean, you look at 2019, and I mean, this is so far ahead of ourselves that it's ridiculous, but Clint Frazier, mm-hmm. um, you assume, is going to be back, maybe you know, Justice Sheffield. Yeah. Things like that. I mean, the, 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 we are not done with uh, the farm <laughs> Some graduates. <impact> <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. So hopefully, uh, it correlates to success on the field for the team as a whole, like it has in in years past. Um, so we shall if, see. Uh, yeah. Anybody was here for the postseason and picked up a division series program or the wild card game program, or you have the October issue of Yankees Magazine all have CC Sabathia on the cover mm-hmm. and this story is called Rookies of the Years on page 60 it's got a nice big uh, opening spread featuring uh, Miggy and Glaber so uh, check it out yeah. and we'll, we'll probably get it up online there it'll soon be up too. there soon it'll uh, you know hopefully 
coincide with some big announcements. Yeah, let's hope. We're hoping. All right, great story, Nate. Stick around. Uh, we have a fun segment coming up that neither Nate nor I know anything about, but John's going to surprise us, so <laughs> you might want to stick around for that one. Hi, this is Aaron Judge. You're listening to the Yankees Magazine Podcast. All right, we're back, John. I'm, I'm nervous. What do you got for us? Nothing to be nervous about. <laughs> um, you know, so season ended. It not, did. Not awesome. No. But it, it, it made me think about, you know, before the season started, we uh, oh God. made some predictions about <laughs> things that were going to happen this year. Oh, no. Um, I thought it would be important for us to go back and kind of check in on how we did. And hold ourselves accountable. Our, <laughs> yeah. I, think it, I, I think it's only reasonable. Oh, good God. Um, I'm going to start a little bit uh, maybe out of left field, if you will. Um, mm. We were doing this in March, I believe. Okay. I believe we started the segment of our predictions by talking about one of us, I said, I think it might have even been me, that we were all starting to come down with baseball fever, although it actually may be pneumonia. Now, the irony there is that when the season ended, I actually did have pneumonia. So I'm giving myself partial credit for that prediction. I think that counts. That counts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so we decided that the prize was going to be, and I quote, we'll get back to people on that. Maybe a free yearbook. Um, cool. But let's get started. I want to see first off if you guys remember your predictions, and then we'll go into uh, how it went. Oh, God. I, I certainly remember. I was trying to go out of left field and go against the grain when you asked, who do you think is going to lead the Yankees in home runs this <laughs> I year? I remember your predictions. Yeah. I mean, well, I'll you know. to that one. We're, we're going to start even a little bit weirder on uh, some okay. out-of-the-box predictions here. The first question we had there was most starts among pitchers. Mm. Hillary, do you remember what you said? I, I think I said Severino. Okay. Nate? Do you remember what you said? Well, I think I had recently gotten back from Nashville, having spent some time with Sonny Gray. And uh, I was pretty excited about my feature on him, so I might have said Sonny Gray. Nate, I also said Sonny Gray. Hillary, you did, in fact, say Severino, and you were correct. There you Last, go. Well yes, done. one for me. Question for you guys. Do you know who had the second most starts among Yankee starters this year? Tanaka? No. CeCe? CeCe. Wow. Surprising, right? Mm-hmm. So let's move on to home run leader. Nate, um, <laughs> you seem to remember. Yeah. It was not Greg Bird, unfortunately. No, that is your pick, and it was not, in fact, Greg Bird. No. Hillary, do you remember who you picked? I picked Aaron, didn't I? You did not. I, I did? picked Aaron Judge. Oh, I'm sorry. Who, who do you think you picked then? It must have been Stanton. Hillary is two for two. Wow. <laughs> I'm so good at this. Let's, I'm, actually, I'm actually an empath, guys. <laughs> Let's move on. Who is going to make the most starts at third base? Oh, I know who I picked that one. I picked Brandon Drury, and that was very wrong. Nate? Um, who did I think was going to make the most starts at third base? I don't know. Did I, did I say Andujar? Was he not on my radar yet? You said Brandon Drury. Yeah. Do you know what I said? Brandon Drury. <laughs> all right. Over three. Over three. Ofers all around. Yep. Same question. Second base. Nate, you go first. Did I say Neil Walker? You did say Neil Walker. Mm. I said Torres, didn't you I? You said Torres. I said Torres. Nate. Wow. I have good news for you. The next question, you got right. <laughs> <laughs> Most DH at bats. Most DH at bats. I guess uh, it was Giancarlo. Giancarlo Stanton. We went three for three here. And last question we had in this segment. How will the team finish? I, I remember John saying they might win 120 games or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'll, I'll tell you what my actual answer was. My answer was, I'm predicting 97 wins, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was 118. There you go. Um, Hillary? 
I, I have no idea if I put a number on it or if I just said that we're going to go to the postseason. I 100% don't know what I said. You said they'd be in the World Series. I did? Wow. Yeah, I don't, you, you might have even I was, said... I was very ambitious. Win the World Series. <laughs> I'm sure I said win the World Series. I mean, that, yeah, that's, a neat, that's how I that's feel a every spring training. <laughs> <laughs> I'm giving my, I think my 97 win prediction, it's pretty, pretty even good. with my, yeah. you know, 120 or 18 silliness, I'm going to give myself the point there. Yeah. Um, the last prediction, very important. Hillary suggested that uh, despite the cold weather, it was not going to snow. Hillary, what happened on opening day? Um, I believe it snowed, and I wasted a good dress. It sure did snow. So, I mean, Hillary ran away with this. Hey, nice job, Hillary. Thank you, thank you very much. Yes. You can stop by my desk for your free yearbook. Yep. Congratulations. <laughs> Sonny God. Gray and Greg Bird, you know, there's always 2019, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, um, Baseball ops, if you're listening, you know, I'm, uh, you want to talk about giving me a, a role in your department? Uh, that's why they don't ask me anything. Not I, just, I clearly do not have an eye for <laughs> the future performance of players. Some serious whatever. analytics involved in all these choices. That was um, fun, though. <laughs> what do you, like, let's talk a little bit about this, though. You know, obviously, we have a couple months before we start finding out who the new players are going to be and things like that. So... Hillary, I'll start with you. Just mm-hmm. like, what surprised you? What, what was the thing that truly surprised you this year? Would you say? What surprised me this year was just the full amount of injuries that happened, and the fact that we were still able to win a hundred games when, in the month of like July and August, we basically were throwing out randoms to get us over the over the line I mean, this is an obnoxious <laughs> comment but like the number of starts that shane robinson had thank you yes that's what i was gonna say that 100 games <laughs> is I, that, that was my answer too yeah, I mean, yeah. it's just I, no one here is happy that the red sox had a parade um on wednesday <laughs> you, no. you know i mean it's just not what you want here but like th- this is just such a weird season I, i'm gonna remember the season as just such a weird you know combination of on the one hand it seems like the worst possible outcome for a season in a year when also the team overachieved, but it came on the heels of overachieving so much the year before that it almost doesn't even right. register as like, eh. how much they overachieved this year. So it, I don't know. It's it just baseball's weird. Obviously, it's always going to be weird. This is a weird season. Yeah, I mean, it'll be remembered for, um, you know, it was Stanton's first year in pinstripes. And the question that I think I've gotten from, like, fans and friends, just like casual conversations about this season is, what do you think of Boone? What do you think of Boone? And, you know, it's hard to say when a guy, you know, comes in and has no prior resume, you know, there's nothing to kind of build off of from there. So you're looking at it, this is his first time. And exactly to your point, Hillary, like when I think about this team getting to 100 wins, like 100 wins is not an easy feat. I mean, we've had great teams that don't get there so i i tend to you know it's still kind of like yeah you know we'll see five years from now what what we think about you know aaron boone as a manager but year one i mean to do what he did uh given not just the injuries but you know just like disappointing seasons from from different guys as well who who weren't injured but maybe you know didn't play up to what we had expected (laughs) Um, predicted right or predicted (laughs) I I thought he did a great job. And so, yeah, I mean, that was one of the surprising things. I think certainly, as we talked about in the last segment, having two rookies uh, make such an impact on a team. That's not really something you can ever predict. And, uh, yeah, I mean, 
other than that, I mean, it's just, you know, I, I think about, <laughs> I think in the last episode we, we mentioned how like we would put a guy on a cover and it was just like, we, we <laughs> and hit they'd this, fall. Like, yeah, they, they just would, you know, hit a massive slump. Um, and you know, it was, I mean, everybody, like every single guy, you know, other than I guess Andujar was probably the most consistent guy, uh, from, from day one to through the end of the season but then even he got you know benched during the postseason and stuff for defensive purposes so you know it's like to think about all the things that didn't go right, right and that they got to 100 wins I think about like coming into next year I mean you could basically run the same team out there and expect even more so. absolutely yeah. so who judging by the guys who are on the roster right now and obviously there will be changes Nate who are you most curious about for next year Who's, who are you most intrigued heading into 2019 Definitely Gary Sanchez. Oh, I mean, absolutely. You know, I, I, I just like this is like a lost season that you flush away, and you know he looked good in the postseason, albeit a short run there. But that was another question I got a lot from from people. It was like, what do you think about Sanchez? You know, is, is he is that it? And I'm like, I I still think you know he's got a great career and great seasons uh, in the tank. So I'm hopeful that that starts in April. Yeah, Hillary. I really want to see Sevi put together a full year of dominance. Mm-hmm. I think he has the potential to do that. He showed it until July last year when he had a sub two ERA and 14 wins. Like if he had continued on that track, there would be no question. Cy Young award, you know, big game pitcher. And then, you know, things happen. There's tipping pitches issues and other things that were going on with him. But things I, that should be fixable. Things that should be fixable, exactly. And if he fixes them, and we know for all of us from reporting on him that he has the work ethic and the drive to fix them, if he's able to do it, I think the sky's really the limit for him, and I can't wait to see what he can do. I mean, both those answers, by the way, are, are the right answers. I'm so curious to see what we get from uh, Aaron Hicks moving mm-hmm. forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was remarkable this year. Yeah, he, he had he, a great, he, great season. And, you know, this is kind of like a long time coming. I mean, he's, this has been predicted for him for so long yeah. that, you know, up to this point in his career, you know, you would look at him almost as a disappointment, even though he's still young and he still showed this year that he has it. I mean, God, the value that this guy brings, if he can do what he did again, it's incredible. I mean, he's just so versatile. He plays such a good center field, which the team needs right now. You know, switch hits, all these things that just, it'd be really interesting to see. If, if, if this is the player that he is, and again, I mean, you know, not that like it's our money or, you know, anything like that, but you always have to also look at the fact like that they traded a backup catcher for him. Right. Yeah. yeah. If, if this is the player he is, it's just there's so much he can bring to this team. Yeah. It's a lot to look forward to. And like you said, John, this is not the ending that any of us wanted, but I think it was a, a really good year. <laughs> just when you look at it as a whole and everything that was accomplished and all the wins and all of the good moments there were so many good moments i remember i think it was in may or something when it just felt like we would never lose mm-hmm. well because glaber torres would come up and hit a home run every single time <laughs> and it was it was it really was fun and it was exciting and it was like this magical thing like you said nate if they could put that together even just a little bit more consistently than they did this year who knows yeah. it was a great atmosphere here too like the crowds were big mm-hmm. and loud and i know there's there's a lot that I'm looking forward to next year. And the, um, I think it's cool too, that we're going to London. I think that's like, yeah. you know, that another thing that's it's history happening, you know, like major league baseball has never played a, a game in Europe and it's going to be 
us and the Red Sox over in London next year, which I just think that's cool. I like stuff like that. So. And the thing is, I mean, look, I, uh, let me be very clear. There is no one in this building happy right now that the Red Sox are the world champions. But, like, that makes it more fun when the season starts. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. We're going to play 18 games against them next year, and you know that that hype's going to be ratcheted up. Um, Absolutely. I think the rivalry is certainly living alive and well. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. A couple more uh, New York, New Yorks uh, coming out of the Red Sox clubhouse, and you can bet that. Um... I'll play some Sweet Caroline, maybe. What do you think, guys? Tessie. <laughs> well, it was good, great, great job this year with all of the stories, with everything. Don't don't leave us yet, though, because we're still gonna come out with some good content over the off season. And the stove is getting hot. The we're... stove is getting hot. We got some. We made our first move. Mm-hmm. Got mm-hmm. Brett Gardner back and. And we're, there's, we're, a lot, uh, there's a lot of things to do. Time will tell what will happen, and we'll be here for all of it. So stick around and check us out on Twitter. We're at Yanks Magazine. Check us out online, yankees.com slash magazine. And, uh, and I, you know, you can also tell your friends if you're listening to this. I hope you're already a subscriber. But if you're not, we are about to start some pretty awesome holiday specials. You can head to yankees.com slash publications. We're going to run some promotions where if you buy a subscription, you're going to get free tickets. If you buy a subscription, you'll maybe get a couple extra books and magazines thrown in in addition to those tickets. Um, Yankees.com slash publications at Yanks Magazine on Twitter. You know, you'll you'll find it all there. But it's a great holiday gift. $30 for a subscription to Yankees Magazine. You know, you're getting just unbelievable amounts of content. Plus, there is no cheaper way to get Yankees tickets than those $30 (laughs) that also happen to come with a subscription to what I happen to think is an excellent magazine. Yeah. Thanks for uh, thanks for reading and thanks for listening everyone. Yeah, thanks. Bye.